Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 23. Hear these words of God this day. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. In the 7th Cavalry, we got a captain from the Ukraine. Another from Puerto Rico. We've got Japanese, Chinese, Blacks, Hispanics, Cherokee Indians, Jews and Gentiles, all American. Now here in the States, some men in this unit may experience discrimination because of race or creed. But for you and me now, all that is gone. We're moving into the valley of the shadow of death, where you will watch the back of the man next to you as he will watch yours. And you won't. Well, you heard verse 4 of the 23rd Psalm in that movie clip. And that's one of the things about the 23rd Psalm. Uh, even if you've never cracked a Bible in your life, you've probably heard of the 23rd Psalm. You either either heard it at a funeral, or if you've watched movies, you'll find a funeral scene almost always includes some portion of the 23rd Psalm. And so my purpose today was to try to take this uh, to a little deeper level, to realize that the 23rd Psalm talks more than just about death, but it speaks to every crisis. So my message today is not so much a sermon as it is a Bible study. So you're invited to follow along. We'll also put each verse up on the screen as well. And today I'll be following the New Revised Standard Version because I like how it flows, but if you have another version, I'm sure you'll be able to follow. So let's dive in and take a look at the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The 23rd Psalm is a trust psalm. You'll find the other scriptures that are in your faith verse this week are also trust psalms. And they're a little different from many of the psalms. There's lots of psalms that have verses of trust in them, but they usually start with the crisis and then come to it. This is a psalm that has the theme of trust throughout. And it begins and starts with that trust by saying, my shepherd. And that key word is my. Now, almost anybody in 1000 BC when this psalm was written would have believe in some kind of deity, but most of the time they were more like good luck charms. They were a God that was just a glorified human being, basically. But to the Jewish faith, this meant something much more. They believed in one God, one Lord over the whole universe that was responsible for absolutely everything. And in spite of that transcendence, they believed that God still somehow could care individually, individually for each one of us so we can call God my shepherd. And of course, 
the name shepherd meant quite a bit in that day. You'll discover if you read the scriptures that by Jesus' day, shepherds had kind of fallen out of favor. Most people were more living in urban situations and shepherds were a nuisance. But in 1000 BC, most people had some experience as a shepherd or with a shepherd. King David was a shepherd, the hero of Israel's faith at that time. And it meant something very special to them. For one thing, a shepherd had a unique relationship with its livestock. You see, sheep were not so much livestock because in that day almost no one ate sheep for meat. They were raised for their wool, an absolutely essential thing for people in that day. And so the average sheep would live 20 to 25 years. And if you're a shepherd, after 20 to 25 years, you would know that each one of your sheep individually, very intimately, to the point that you'd name them. Be kind of like your own pet. And in addition, after 20 to 25 years, each of the sheep would know the voice of the shepherd and have many experiences of knowing that this shepherd will look after them, take them to pastures where they can eat, protect them from danger. And so whenever the shepherd's voice was heard, the sheep responded. And that relationship was a very special one, a very unique one. The next verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I think any Christian who dives into their spiritual life very deeply or for any length of time are going to hear God say to them at some point, you need to lie down. You need to rest. I like how this says, makes me. If you read your scriptures, you'll find many passages that talk about Sabbath, talk about our need for rest. It's something we all need to hear. If you're like me, after a while, you find that you tend to get so caught up in your own importance that you think you're too busy to take time to stop, to reflect, to pray, to renew yourself. You have too many things to do. You have too many things to take your children to. And so our lives are busy, 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 hectic. I kind of share Edward Marquark's concern for our children. We keep them so busy and so programmed. As he says, the children of this generation whose lives are so busy, whose lives are run, run, run from morning until night, sometimes I wonder of the soul that is developing inside of the children of today. We need to take time to rest, to renew. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us to still waters. It speaks so much of the care, the work that a shepherd went to. See, sheep, they're not built to stand in running water. They, they can't drink out of rivers that flow very strongly. They get bowled over because of the weight of their wool. And so a shepherd would have to work. He would either dig and create a little inlet of water where the waters were still so a sheep could drink safely. Or they would go and find that water source and bring that water to them, whatever it took. That is the care the shepherd provides for his sheep. Verse 3. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Now, I hope you realize that the comparison of God as our shepherd and we as sheep is not exactly a compliment. Anybody that knows anything about sheep, <clears throat> you realize that they're not the smartest animal on earth. But I don't think God's trying to insult us. I think the point is that human beings share a characteristic of sheep that is very, very true. See, sheep, they put their head down, and when they see that grass, they just keep eating and keep eating. They nibble and they nibble until they have, have gone so far that they could go right to the edge of a cliff and fall over and not even know it. They can nibble and nibble and nibble and get so far away from the rest of the herd that they become vulnerable to a predator, a wolf, or some other dangerous animal. And so our shepherd leads us, leads us in paths for his name's sake. That's why it's important that we have a prayer life that's, that prays without ceasing, as Paul talks about, where God offers our guidance throughout the day, through every day, through every week, because we have trouble seeing the big picture. God has the big picture in mind while we see often only what is right in front of us. And so we need that guidance. It's good for us to stop and reflect, take time at night to think through the day, to get up in the morning and ask for God to lead us as we go through. And he will lead us along paths for his name's sake. Our next verse. <clears throat> Even though I walk through the darkest valley. And notice it says darkest valley. If your favorite version is the King James Version, that's where you get the idea that this is only a psalm about death. But the better translations see this as the darkest valley. Which means this is a psalm for any crisis that we may face. And we all face them at some point in our lives. As he leads us through that dark valley, he will be with us. I couldn't help but think of how vital our pastoral care ministries are. I, I watch often every day as Dick and Carol head out to go visit someone and offer prayer for them when they head to surgery. I'm very proud of our pastoral care ministries. People are looked after very, very well. But I have to admit that sometimes I feel just a tinge of jealousy. I mean, I like what I do as a lead pastor. But I remember the many times that I've walked through crises with people. When I was at Silver Street in I Methodist Church for 16 years, it got so my favorite service of the year was Christmas Eve service because that would be the service everybody comes home Children who live out of town or relatives, people that I sat in the hospital with as someone faced a very difficult situation, sometimes life-threatening situations. People that I performed a funeral for with their loved one, and they come back, it was like old home week for me because there was a bond that we had because of that time we spent together. And notice this verse says that he takes us through the darkest valley. He doesn't take away our crises. He doesn't take away our challenges. But the promise is there that he will take us through those troubled times. He'll be with us in the midst and give us whatever resources are necessary to face them. And it said, <clears throat> thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Someone asked if I was bringing this to keep Aaron in line. I said, I'm sorry, but it's not long enough. But the shepherd's hook and staff is especially designed to care for the sheep. The hook is just wide enough and yet narrow enough to gently help them back up when they've fallen in a hole. And sheep fall down very frequently because of the weight of their wool. At the same time, the staff <clears throat> would have a length to it and a point that would cause any predator who threatens the sheep to respect the authority of the shepherd. And so our shepherd watches over us and the enemies, the evil that we face in our lives. Verse 5. And this is kind of an odd one. The metaphor shifts a little bit here, but it recalls once again an ancient practice in the Middle East that every person of King David's age would have known. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why would you want to eat dinner in front of your enemies? Well, it is recalling an ancient Bedouin practice that whenever strangers would go through a land because often food was so scarce, it was understood that you were to offer hospitality to strangers. And when that stranger came and sat down and ate with you, when you sat at table together, it was a seal of a covenant where you promised protection to them, not just to offer them food, but to make sure that if any other enemies might come after them, you would protect them from it. How many of you have seen the movie Lone Survivor? It's an interesting movie. It's about Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell. He and his unit were dropped off in northeastern Afghanistan. They were ambushed by guerrilla fighters in the hills, and he was the only one that survived that fight. Somehow he made his way to a village, and there Mohammed Ghulab welcomed him in, and his village looked after him, and they even for a time fought off the Taliban who had come pursuing him. They protected him. He sent off someone to a base nearby. Helicopter came in and rescued him and Mohammed Ghulab and brought him to safety, and he lives to tell a story. Mohammed Ghulab was practicing the ancient Bedouin practice of what they call Pashtuwari. And there, because they ate meals together, he protected that stranger. So... That's what this verse suggests, that as we sit down and as we face the enemies in our lives, we have all the resources of a banquet table that reminds us how the cup overflows, how our heads are anointed with oil. We're given what we need to face whatever struggles we face in this life. And then the last verse, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Have you ever been to a restaurant, <clears throat> paid your bill, <clears throat> you head out the door, and the server comes after you because you've left your sunglasses or your cell phone or some other personal item? I've done that a few times. And you're embarrassed at first, but you're grateful that they saved you all the hassle of having to go back and find that item or perhaps losing it. And so God pursues us. Goodness and mercy are attributes of his presence. 
reminds us that, that God just doesn't wait for us to come to him, but he's following us, he's pursuing us, he goes after us, even when our minds are on other things so often. His goodness and mercy does follow us all the days of our lives. So I hope this psalm is a little more meaningful to you, perhaps even more than it might have been before. It speaks for itself in so many ways, but when we ponder the images, we realize even more how much God is our shepherd and how he'll be with us in any kind of crisis. May you find strength and hope in that Lord. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for the gift of your presence, the power of your protection as we face whatever comes across in our lives. May we know that you take us through those challenges and be with us each and every step of the way. For you are our shepherd and we are your sheep. Amen. Amen.